Welcome to the Institute's Leading Edge, a show dedicated to helping the automotive aftermarket service industry. Covering topics suggested by you, the listener, we dive into what's important, getting you what you need to succeed. Here's what's coming up. We have a job to do at the end of the day, and like you said, it's got to be a three win. The employee has to win, client has to win, and the company has to win. If all three of us win, it's a happy place. When I talk to some shop owners in some places and they're like, well, you know, I paid my best guy $22 an hour. I'm like, ah, how do you get somebody that that has the skill set, that has the the tools, the knowledge, the experience at $22 an hour. I don't even like even starting out. I don't think we can be at $22 an hour now. We had a team meeting, talked about we're doing new plans. And then we sat down one-on-one with each person. And the important thing to share with everybody was nobody was going backwards. As a matter of fact, everybody was going to have an increase. It became a clear pathway. You know, it's like kind of trying to teach somebody how to play a card game. If you don't tell them how to succeed, they don't know. So we took the time to say, if you do this, you get this. If you do this, you get this. And it became so much more clearer to them. Reinforce positive behaviors, which is what you want to do. Things that improve the technician's life, things that improve the shop's life, things that improve the outcome for the for the clients. So a universal announcement saying, hey guys, we're going to a different pay plan system. It's no longer going to be this all or nothing flat rate. And then we'll sit down with each of you and we'll go over it and answer any questions you need. They, you know, they loved it. We need your help. By submitting questions or topics to institute at ifrave.com, we can continue to cover things that are relevant to you. But for now, we've collected a panel of experts to get you serious results. So what are we waiting for? Let's get into it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Institute's Leading Edge. Uh, We're on episode 80, and today we're going to be talking about pay plans and pay systems. Uh, Remember that if you're watching this or you're listening to this, if you enjoy anything that we're talking about, you learn something, please like and share so that others might benefit from the content that we're sharing in this. And uh, go ahead and subscribe so you keep notified when we post new content. Today, we're going to be talking about pay plans and pay systems. On our panel today, we've got Jim Paiva, as well as Bruce Howes joining us from Elite Auto Repair and from Atlantic Motor Car Center. Uh, reminder, if you guys are watching this and you'd like to comment or ask any questions, we are watching the comments down below and we'd love to get those answered by us uh, live as we're going on. So with that, let's turn it over to you, Dad. You want to get us started? Uh, yeah, guys. Um, how how important is the way you pay your employees? Does it Does it matter that you pay them one way or the other or whatever? Why don't we start with uh, Bruce? I saw a head nod, so... Oh, absolutely. Uh, first of all, if you don't pay them, they don't show up. But also, <laughs> but also, but also, you want to have a, a compensation plan. And and I worked with you on this as well. And I, and I don't know if there's a perfect plan out there, but I think that's something I always formulate. You want to have a, a plan that rewards them, uh, you know, for production, uh, and also gives them a a level of comfort as well. There are some. There are some. Um, people that that don't want to pay as a reward for production there's some shop owners out there that that are going to say um you know uh giving people rewards for production might make people overproduce make mistakes uh, screw things up uh what would you what would you say to that i would say that you have to design the plan so it doesn't uh, it, it over incentivize uh, bad behavior, but that's an ethical issue and that's a company culture issue. And if you have employees uh, and systems that are set up in a way that uh, encourage bad behavior and don't reward good behavior, then that's a problem that you need to address before you even worry about pay plans. 
I, 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 I always believe that there is a real role for management in administrating, um, you know, that and managing whatever system I have in, in play. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Jim, how, 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 imp- well, obviously people have to be paid. That's not, I guess maybe I should, could have asked the question better. How important is the way you pay your people? Is it, is it important? Does it, I mean, you know, is it, is it better to have like you get 28 bucks an hour or do you have performance plans? What, what, what do you do in your shop and why? Well, well, let's face it. If we don't pay our employees properly, we'll lose them. So right now I feel the employee market is just like selling a home. It's a seller's market. Well, it's an employee's market right now. So uh, it's very important that you keep in mind, uh, you know, how you're paying them and uh, make sure that you more importantly and how you can pay them well is make sure you're charging the right amount of money to your clients because, uh, you know, labor doesn't come cheap anymore. It's you're paying a premium for, you know, sometimes half of what you're charging for your labor rate. So, um it's it's a, it's a touchy situation, but you got to think of new ways to pay people or how to treat them in order to retain them. Well, even today, there's such a um, a need for employees. Uh, I I would almost bet that both of you could easily hire another guy in your shop, and the only reason that you don't or you you haven't is because you just can't find somebody. It, um, it, would that be a true statement at this point? I, I think anybody I can find that has potential, we want to we want to grab onto, even if we don't have an immediate opening for that person. You know, I'm all in favor of of giving them, getting them on the bench, if you will, and getting them into our culture and and understand what we have to offer. It's it's really an interesting time in our in our industry, and there are some real uh, shifts. Um, uh, I don't, you know, when I worked on cars, which is a while, a while back, you know, I, I worked on cars from the, in the eighties, nineties, and maybe into the early two thousands. And, uh, we were always flat rate. Mm. Um, uh, if, if anyone doesn't understand flat rate, it's basically, it's piecework. If you do this job and it pays three hours, you get three hours at X dollars, whatever that is. Um, and then, you know, when I got out kind of more into the world and, and started working with a lot of different shops, we, we were introduced to um, like a, an hourly or a salary rate. And I think there are problems with, with both. I think if you have a flat rate, um, I think it has a bad reputation in, in our industry. Um, and I think if you pay hourly, that it doesn't motivate uh, people at all. So, um, I'm going to start with you, Jim. Did, do you use, um, a pay plan to, uh, manage your people? Does your, is your pay plan supposed to help you manage your staff or motivate your staff? Yeah, I do have a pay plan in place, uh, but it's got to accomplish a few things. Um, Incorporated into that pay plan, you need to have some low-hanging fruit. Uh, the reason being is when you can incentivize for uh, you know easy targets to hit, 
it helps motivate that person knowing that they can reach, you know, target after target and progressively keep them motivated to get to the next level. Um, we have pay plans in place for all of our positions here based on, on some of that. And then, you know, as you get more in technicians way, um, as you can build more hours with them, they get, a, they, their, uh, pay goes up sharply. So, um, it's, it's a good plan. You can't just do flat rate anymore. Okay. And you also got to build your pay plan around what you're trying to accomplish. Um, you know, and, and you can be creative with it. So, and I think, I think you have to be in, in a way, um, creative because different people want different things in right. your, in your business. Not everybody is motivated with money. Most people uh, aren't, I think. When I build a pay plan, I, I try to consider what do I want out of that employee? You know, in, in, you know, some cases, if you're having trouble with people being on time, well, that could be a little low-hanging fruit for them to be on time. They get an X amount more per hour, be there every day or, you know, uh, education or certifications. You can build your pay plan based on what you want out of them. And it also, the beauty of that, it holds them accountable as well to get the certifications, to be here on time, to be here every day. Um, so depends what you want out of them. You can build a pay plan around it and it'll help motivate them as well as keep you satisfied as well. I think there's some generational things that, um, that come into play. Uh, it, when I was in my, probably in my mid twenties, maybe my early thirties, I was at a class and the guy teaching the class, it was a shop management class. And he was like, you, you should, um, you know, if you're having a problem with people showing up on time, you might consider having a bonus for showing up on time. And, and I was appalled at that because, <laughs> because my father in his generation, if you have a job, you show up on time. You know, it was, it, it, it was negotiable. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not a negotiable. That's like you don't have a job if you don't show up on time. But but I think the younger generations have different thought process around that and they it's not the same for them. So I'm going to ask Kent, what do you think is important for the younger generation? Oh, uh, I think we I think we view our time differently. It's not it's not we we don't come in we clock we clock in and we clock out. It's how, how, how did we spend that time? Right. So if I've got a project that I've got to do, and I know that it's going to be a huge endeavor. Um, if I'm really efficient with my time, I can get it done quickly. And then I've got free time that I could spend somewhere else. Right? So, so hang on. Cause we're open from eight to five and we have customers there and they have cars there that they want to have fixed that we need to get fixed. So how do I, I mean, I get it in our company. So in, in our company, we have more like projects and we don't have a, an eight to five kind of schedule here. Um, you know, I have a lot of people that work remotely or, or, you know, can't, you'll come in a little late, but, uh, but you'll stay late or you'll come in early and then you'll leave early or, you know, you'll take a day off, but you'll make that time up. But when I have a business that's a, 
an eight to five Monday through Friday business, how how do I accommodate? You, what I would say, what I would say is you give them an option. So it's not a hey, we are eight, we are eight to five, you're here from eight to five the whole time. Uh, what I've seen a lot of shops do, which the technicians have really enjoyed, is giving them an option between, you know, do you want to do a four-day where you're doing 10 hours for four days, or and you have an extended weekend, uh, and do you want to pick those days? Is it going to be a Monday, Tuesday, and then if you have Wednesday off and then you do Thursday, Friday, but but then you give a little bit of control over their time to them. You're still making those hours, you're still working within what I guess you could say your operational hours, but now they have a choice. They have some control over it. What if we told you that you could get quality training and education conveniently and without emptying your pockets? Our gear platform presents great education and resources for automotive shops, courses led by experts inside and outside our industry, a community of like-minded people to engage with, and a resource library at your fingertips. With a monthly membership, you can gain access to every course we have in the library, as well as the multiple courses we add each and every month. With the ability to watch wherever and whenever you'd like, Gear provides the training you've been looking for at only $129 a month. For help with improving your business, head to ifrave.com and click on the courses we teach to sign up for a better business and a better life today. So hang on, because that, again, now I'm a shop owner and I've got a car that's here and and you tear it apart on Tuesday, but you're not going to be here on Wednesday because we're, we've are we given you four tens instead of, you know, five eights. And, uh, and then someone else has to come in and pick up the pieces because you don't happen to be here. So, um, I, but 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 really, almost in a way, my problems don't matter, right? As the as the shop owner, because if I can't do what the employee needs, then maybe I just don't. I, I'm not the the number one place that the employee wants to go. Bruce, how how do you feel about that? Or you know, because because traditionally we're a we're an eight to five or seven thirty right. to five thirty right. business. So I, I think you have to be cautious about letting the employees drive the business. I think you have to have standards and understandings of uh, of what you expect out of your team members. If you're uh, if your employees are driving the business, it's almost like you're hostage to the employees. I think you have to develop a healthy culture that both people benefit from. You know, there's a great saying by Stephen Covey, and I'm a Stephen Covey fan, you know, begin with the end in mind. And so for me, I think about what's a perfect functioning business for me? What's a perfectly functioning shop? My guys get there early. We have some small talk. Maybe we have some coffee, some donuts. Uh, you know, we talk about the day, we plan the day. They're not rolling in at 7.59 to start an eight o'clock day. And if I can inculcate uh those values, if I can inculcate that culture, people want to come in. Um, and to and to uh, Kent's point uh, about the the ten hour days, we've talked about that. Um, the challenge I have with that is that unless it's done systemically across the board, you're going to have uh, problems that you you alluded to: a car not getting finished, another tech has to pick it up, and techs techs hate doing that. And the other issue is, you know, you have advisors now that are. Somebody's going to have to work a different shift than another advisor. So I think you either have to convert to that as a company-wide thing. I have no problem with flex time. Um, we open the doors generally at 6.45, 7 o'clock, most of the teams on site. We don't really start working on cars formally until 8, but the guys will often go out early, You know, go out at 7.30 
or if they've got a project and they know we're behind, they'll go out uh, even before that to get on a car. And they might come to me and say, hey, I've got a Cub Scout meeting. One of my guys is a, uh, his children are involved in Cub Scouts. So he'll say, I've got a Cub Scout meeting. Can I leave at four today? Sure. No problem. He comes in, he starts early. I'm flexible like that. Um, but I always want to set up the systems that reward good behavior. Uh, and I always want to not, I always want it to be, a, a, you know, to go both ways. If you understand my, my meaning in terms of, hey, you've got to understand the shop's expectations. I want to meet yours. Uh, I don't want to live in fear of my employees, nor do I want employees to live in fear of me. One of our, yeah, one of, the only, Oh, I was going to say the, the only thing that I the only reason that I brought that up uh, is that again when I was when I was referencing the reason I mean we view our time differently we want to have a little more control about how we spend that time mm-hmm. and what I mean by providing an option make sure that those options are within what works for your business don't just give them control of that if you've got two options that work and they work within your systems and your processes and and they're operational then yeah, definitely present those and it will give them a little more control. They'll feel a little better about it. I, I think there's a, I think, I think we're at a very interesting time in our industry because with the, with the tech shortage and the, and the service advisor shortage, the employee shortage that we have, I think some shop owners are feeling that they, they need to be, that, that, that they just can't find someone and they're almost willing to do anything hmm. to, to put somebody in the bay and, and lose control. We, we have a core value in our company. One of our core values is that everyone has to win. So I, I can't have someone working here that it's all for them and it's not for the company. And, and the, the, the customer, the client also has to get what the client needs. Right. So, you know, it's kind of an interesting, um, I think it's a really interesting dynamic because I think there are so many shop owners today that are out there going, what am I going to do? I mean, I have one of my clients that has lost two technicians and right now he has one guy and one service advisor. And yet he has a, you know, a, a, a 12 bay shop that he's paying for and uh, has been running ads for a month or two and has had zero, you know, um, zero calls or anything. Uh, Jim, how do you feel about um, giving the employee uh, flexibility with uh, schedule? Well, every year we ask our employees to fill out a dream sheet. This sheet is a series of about nine questions. And after, after they're done, we go over it and we try to help them achieve what they want, their dreams. So in the case, in that case, I give them an opportunity to stay what motivates them. Uh, sometimes money isn't the motivating factor. Um, it might be a stable environment. It might be days off. It might be, you know, whatever it might be that, that happens to motivate you. Um, you know, just like working on, cl- on, on the cars. Um, we should do everything to help our clients and then the money will follow. If we treat our employees the same, it, it creates a happy culture and, you know, who doesn't like working in a happy environment? And, uh, you know, so we try to accommodate as much as we can to keep our employees happy and develop a nice culture where we don't run across those challenges. Um, but I try to be as flexible as I can. Um, you know, we have a job to do at the end of the day. And like you said, it's got to be a three win. 
the employee has to win, the client has to win, and the company has to win. If all three of us win, it's a happy place. So, and the owner has to win. <laughs> well, well, if the company wins, hopefully the owner wins, right? <laughs> you know, that's if you set it up right, that's how it's supposed to work anyway. Right. Well, I can just I can just see a lot of owners out there that that sacrifice themselves for the sake of the business. That that you know? much more much more than you would think. Absolutely right. 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 Absolutely. Well, it does, but I try to I try to stay out of that realm of you know me 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 you know so I call it the company. But yeah, if the company <laughs> I win. <laughs> but but you know I think I think there are um, there are a lot of owners that that don't you know they don't feel like they have any choice and they sacrifice themselves uh, for the clients and for the employees. And, uh, and I think over time they become resentful, but they're stuck in a place where they, they don't know how to, they don't know what to do or how to to make it happen. I think, unfortunately, that's much more common than a lot of folks want to admit. I think, uh, and and what happens with that is the owner is not charging it off to fairly compensate himself and compensate his staff. And, uh, and then the shop is not buying new tools and not training their employees and, Morale goes down, diagnostic ability goes down, you know, cars stick on the lift, techs aren't paid well, and it just ends up being a descending circle. I mean, not to say money fixes everything, but charging fair and appropriate prices fixes a lot of things. You can pay good people, you can give them good benefits, you can buy new equipment, you can take care of clients when you need to do that extra thing. So, so many of these problems, I think, come from... uh, owners that aren't afraid to charge appropriately for service work. And then if they do charge are not afraid to share the, share the wealth. Yeah, we, we definitely, we, you know, I, I don't know. I've, I've met a lot of owners in, in what I do as a, you know, coach consultant, et cetera. And um, most of those people that I've met, the majority by far are really nice people who mm-hmm. would never put themselves in, in a position above anyone else you know in fact they they would go out of their way to help someone else i mean i think i think of both of you guys in the same way if i needed something i don't think i'd have a problem calling you or jim and saying hey i I need some help and and i would expect both of you would probably give it to me um i think think a lot of owners will not take a paycheck and pay their employees to keep their employees going so generally you know that is that's true but i think you've you hit kind of the one of the core issues and it's not something we were going to talk about, but if if I'm not charging appropriately, then I can't pay appropriately. You know, if I, you can't pay appropriately, you're not going to keep top talent. Right. My interesting, just a short story. My my dad, when I was working with him uh, back in the early '90s, we were seventy dollars an hour at that time in in Palm Springs, and we were at the we were at the kind of the top of the the who charged we were one of the more expensive shops in town um when i left the shop but we had no complaints we didn't have customers coming in saying i won't fix my car because you're ten dollars more than the guy down the street you know we just didn't have that and then i i I quit i left and um, my dad lowered the labor rate by 10 bucks an hour at that time um because i think he felt like he didn't deserve $70 an hour. Like um, his education level, what he did for a living wasn't, didn't have that value uh, uh, to it. And pretty soon 
he had no technicians in that that would work for him because he just couldn't afford to pay him. It's kind of this self-fulfilling prophecy that happens in a way. It's it's funny. You hear owners, they want, they want the best tech. They want the best service advisors. They want to have these people on their team, but they're not willing to pay for it. But I I don't think they're not willing to pay. I I think they don't know how to pay. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. How can I afford this person who wants X number of dollars an hour? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how many people recently. So in the last year and a half, you know, with, with COVID and all of that, um, and especially right now, they're looking for employees and, and, and uh, they'll call me up and go, this guy wants to come to work, but he wants, you know, 45 bucks an hour. Yeah. And they're like, they can't even imagine paying somebody 45 bucks an hour. But if the marketplace dictates $45 an hour, I have to figure out how to charge the customer and build value for the customer such that I can pay 45 bucks an hour. Right. I and think, so, I think, uh, sorry, go, go ahead. Go, I was just going to say, I think we're seeing, and and I think it's already been here, but I certainly think we're going to see across the board the dawn of of the hundred thousand dollar year plus technician. I mean, I, and I think that's going to be a good thing in our industry. I think that's going to level out our industry because it's going to force owners to charge appropriately to run their business like a business. And I think that's a win win for everybody from the client to the owner uh, to the technician. And um, those days are, are are right on the horizon. Go go ahead, Kevin. I was going to say, I feel like there's this dissociation between who pays the technicians and who pays your employees. Oftentimes, I think owners think I'm the one who pays them. It's that's not. There's one more step to that. It's like customers pay for your employees. Right. Customers pay for your marketing. Customers pay for your cost of or, pretty or much they, everything it takes to run your business. Or they don't. Or they don't. I, and yeah, that's you correct. pay for it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I always say the customer pays for everything. I mean, you know, they, they have to. That's what business is. Yeah, that's right. that's the whole. And, and then there has to be money left over for me uh, yeah. in the whole mix. So uh, I think it's interesting. In uh, 2005, I was paying $100,000 to my employees and more. Uh, and we had a, I mean, we had a bang in business with, re, you know, great culture, good productivity, Um Etc. And and even today, when I when I talk to some shop owners in some places, and they're like, I'm, I'm, "What do you pay your tax?" And, well, you know, I pay my best guy twenty two dollars an hour. I'm like, ah, how, how do you get somebody that that has the skill set, that has the the tools, the knowledge, the experience at, at twenty two dollars an hour? I don't even like even starting out. I don't think we can be at twenty two dollars an hour now. Maybe for a, a junior and, trainee tech. And you might be lucky. You might be one of those lucky shop owners who has such a great culture and they, they the techs feel so good about working there, but they're not making any money. That mm-hmm. only lasts for so long. You can only keep somebody like that invested in the vision for yeah. so long. Yeah. Yeah. I think you, I think even now I've, I've talked to all of our clients and said, look, you need to be raising your labor rates right now so that you can pass that on to your employees. And in fact, I mm-hmm. think Bruce, uh, we had that conversation a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah. yeah um, because absolutely. they're being hit with inflation and their dollar is not going as far as it, it, it would or should. Um, it, it's a, it's an interesting time. In what, was, our what was the last stat that I saw of cost of living, at least in this area? I think it went up like 14%. Yeah. yeah. Maybe a little more than that in just the past couple months. And that's just here in Utah. So we, we, we just had... It's amazing. Go ahead, Jim. It wasn't 
business was not as rewarding until I was stopped being afraid of charging. <laughs> you know, up in our labor rate, charging our right margin. And and that's, you know, and that's only happened over the last six or seven years that I was tired of working very hard and having very little rewards and ha- not having, you know, all the equipment I needed and all that. But it's been a life changer charging what you should be charging. It really has. And do you think so when, when I look at all the shops that we work with, we work with currently about 200 shops um, in our company. And when I look at all the shops, the ones that are most consistently successful, and I would say have the, the best cultures are the ones charging the most money. They're, they're mm-hmm. not, they're not the guy who's, who's going, well, the, the dealers, you know, 120, I've got to be 110. I, so I, uh, was listening to this podcast and it was of a guy who works for a company that <laughs> basically puts financial uh, dollar to certain endeavors in the world. Right. And they were talking about uh, environmental benefits, right? How, how do we keep the environment clean? And he goes, uh, he talks about raising the cost of living for someone. Right. So when someone is, and just to get to the point that I was trying to make, if someone is concerned about where their next meal is coming and they don't have their basic needs met, they will trash the environment. They'll kill trees so that they can plant crops. They'll, but the point being is if they can't take care of themselves, they're not going to be able to do the additional things like make sure that their health is taken care of, make sure that they're, uh, you know, taking care of the people around them. They can't look outside themselves. You can't be a part of a good culture if their basic needs aren't being met. That's Maslow's, Theory, hierarchy of hierarchy needs. Of I needs. mean, Absolutely. it is what it is, right? You, yeah. you can't. And I think that when you have employees that are making good money in your company, uh, I don't think you can just say, here's the dollars, you know. I think you have to have these dollars are given to you because you do very specific things for us, but here's the dollars. And and then you have people that are very they're more fulfilled. And they can look outside themselves and say, "Okay, now I want to do some other things with my life." Like uh, Jim, you, you know, you mentioned the last five or six years, you've really kind of changed your attitude about how you charge. And you know, I know that that we we helped build some pay plans for you, and I know your guys are getting paid more now. And it, don't you feel like you have a better, you know, like a, a much better environment? You have people that are more aware and more able to look outside themselves because of that. Absolutely. We've been able to afford to have a clean shop now with the, you know, the epoxy floors and we have Vista and we have air condition in our shop. We have a beautiful shop, beautiful facility. People compliment us all the time. We have high ratings and yet we're high priced yeah. and we give good, great value to our clients. That's, that's we, a key word is value. We average 50, 60 new clients per month. Yeah. And it has been like that forever. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, every day, two or three new clients come in. And it's and yet, as long as you're delivering value, you can charge what you need to charge. I mean, we've got right. five loaner cars. Yeah. You know, whoever would think, you know, 22 years ago that I would be able to have five loaner cars, have a beautiful shop, have this, have an air conditioned shop. As a technician, I always wanted to be, have a shop that had air condition. That was my 
you know, in when I was working at the dealers, they didn't have air conditioning back in the day. I always said, geez, you know how much nicer it would be working in a place that has air conditioning? And here I am now with an air conditioned shop. I mean, that's yeah, the I, thing. Well, I, so- I, I grew up in Palm Springs and I, I worked on cars in Palm Springs in a brick building with no air conditioning. And I couldn't even at that point imagine ever working in a shop with air conditioning. I mean, it just nobody gave a crap. It it was like, oh, you do what you do. It's so nice to see, you know, Bruce, you have a your shop is amazing. Jim, your shop's amazing. Seth, I mean, there's so many guys that we work with to, to just have like this amazing environment. And I think the environment is even more important than the pay plan, frankly. So value, uh, Jim mentioned value. And that's what I was going to say. It's not about money. It's about, it's not about dollars. It's about the value you're bringing to your clients and the value you're bringing to your employees. And that's the way you present it. So if if you're charging a lot of money, but you're not providing value to the client, they're not going to come back. You can be paying people a lot of money to work for you. But if you have a terrible culture and environment, you know people are not going to want to stay in that. People will not stay for money. They'll stay for, for uh, culture. So I think the answer is, yes, money is important. But the important thing is what value, what are you bringing to that person? With whether the, it's the guy with the car or whether it's the guy that's repairing the car, right? And I, I think yeah. the guy that's repairing the car is in many ways more important than the guy with the car. Because if the guy that's repairing the car is happy, then the the customer is also going to be happy the client absolutely isn't it isn't it like um we just we we need to build these these businesses that reward people and make people feel fulfilled and 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 help them take care of their families correctly right right um, yeah, exactly. all right ken it's all yours that's that's a perfect point to take a break uh when we get back from this little break what i'd like to get into is kind of a more uh, step-by-step approach so what can shops do to get from A to B and uh, maybe shops who aren't able to pay the right price and then get into the more advanced, how are you guys utilizing different types of pay plans to incentivize different types of behavior? So absolutely. thank you guys for watching this. If you're still listening, please like and comment down below so that we know that you are engaged. And if you hear something you like or you learn something, please give us a share so that others might benefit from the content that we're trying to share with you. And if you want to keep up to date on stuff we post, make sure to subscribe. Um, we actually have those of you who are looking for service advisor training, because I know that's kind of a hot topic lately because we're losing service advisors. We don't have a lot coming in. And so there's a kind of a juggling thing that's going on with service advisors. If you'd like to get them trained, we are actually opening up our service advisor mastery program uh, to the public. We have a summit that we have with them where we have uh, games, competitions, training, education, uh, awards, all of that good stuff coming up on September 18th and 19th this month. I know this podcast is going to be pretty close to that, but you can still register at the link in the description below. Uh, it's going to be the same cost as one month within the program. So you guys can come and take a look at what we do within the uh, industry's most advanced sales training program. Uh, yeah. And that's that's it. We have That's all we have for that. And let's get back to the uh, the good stuff. So um, uh, and you can get, you can come to gearforshops.com and find all of that. Um, uh, all right. So now, uh, Jim, uh, when did you, were you guys flat rate and you changed and, and when and why did that happen? Well, over the years, we've had a whole bunch of different pay plans. Um, you know, for us today, 
I, I would have to say it depends on what position you're in and what, uh, you know, what you're trying to achieve. You know, for me, a technician, I want four things. I want them to be productive. I want them to be educated. I want them to be to work on time. And I want them here every day. Um, whereas my shop foreman, for instance, he has on a different pay plan. Um, I expect limited productivity for him because he's doing duties in the shop and helping other technicians, uh, you know, fix cars. So I don't expect him to be, you know, super productive, but, you know, there is, he also has points where if he does, you know, 25 hours is an X amount, 30 hours, another one. But more importantly for him is by him helping our technicians, he's going to, he's going to, we're as a shop, we're going to build more hours. We're going to, we're going to, you know, have more billable hours for our other technicians. So he gets paid on billable hours for that he does, billable hours for the whole shop, and then also uh, increasing the productivity percentage-wise from every tech. Where my service advisors, they're on a weekly salary plus uh, sales bonuses and average repair order um, bonuses. And then, of course, they have their monthly bonuses for the total for all month as well as uh, average repair order for a month. That's, that's where they're, you know, they, they'll get you know, sometimes two or $3,000 checks just on bonuses. So, so that, that so far has been our most successful uh, plan for pay. Um, but it changes, you know, yeah. you never know what's going to pop up next according to your needs or their needs or the market. So for now, that's what we, we are using. I think one of the one of the issues is, um, you know, you have this this super tech that you make the shop foreman, and you still want him to be the super tech, but you also want him to help everybody, and it, it becomes an issue. Um, you need to pay people based on what you want from those people, and if I'm an owner, I get paid because the whole shop succeeds and everybody mm-hmm. does their job. So if I can help everybody do their job better, more efficiently, et cetera, then I can get paid better. Um, I think as a shop foreman's job for me is, uh, do I want them producing hours? Not necessarily, but I want the whole shop producing a certain number of hours. And I think that's also a weird, uh, you know, I was, I was in a meeting yesterday with somebody and they said, well, you know, how did you run your shop? And because they had somebody that took a vacation and then the other guy wanted the bonus, but the bonus wasn't there because they didn't hit the hours. And, and I told them in my shop, we were a 192 hour shop because we had four techs. We want 120% productivity. So our structure was built around 192 hours. And if we had three guys that week, we still expected 192 hours. We, we wanted our people to, you know, step up to the plate, you know, when someone was on vacation, take a little more effort. But if, if we didn't hit our hours, we couldn't pay our bonuses. We couldn't make that happen because the money's not there. Um, Bruce, you, you, it was an interesting uh, thing to work with you on on your play pay plans because you guys you took a very long time to really think about it and really you know make uh, the adjustment or the changes. Why why did it take you so long or or what were you really concerned with? What was it all about? Well, when I started back in 1985, I had this very uh, touristic vision of paying all my employees on a salary basis. 
And then uh, after a period of time, I realized that human beings are motivated by uh, getting paid for what they could do, you know, so flat rate became kind of our, our standard really up until last year, we were a flat rate shop. And I would help the guys occasionally if it was slow, but I realized, and it, and this is why it took me some time, I realized our industry, our profession has evolved. And that just like, you know, I often use the dental analogy uh, or the, I work in emergency medicine, often the medical analogy that there needs to be some type of base compensation for the technician, something so that there is not this mercenary feeling that, hey, if it, the, if it snows for three days, I'm getting nothing. There needs to be a comfort level. And so I had to really evaluate that and make sure that I was comfortable with a hybrid pay plan. And, and the answer is, it's been phenomenal. Uh, it's been phenomenal. It's made people feel like they're part of something greater. They're no longer just a tool to get cars fixed. Uh, we've got their back. They've got our back. It's been transformative in our business. Um, but it took a while. You know, I've been doing this for 30-some years for me to switch that paradigm on in our head. Uh, but once we did, you know, we recruited some phenomenal people uh, and who came out of dealerships. I got three techs, uh, actually now four techs that have come out of dealerships um, and they were good techs, you know, not, not uh, lube techs. These were top of the line techs who wanted uh, that non-mercenary uh, uh, culture. And by mercenary, I mean, you know, you the flat rate system. Uh, right. And I, and I think we're, you know, I think that was really what took me some time to do it. But once I grasp it and once I could articulate it well to folks that I was meeting and speaking with that were interested in working for us, uh, it just made sense. It just flowed. So there's a base, there's a cushion, there's a, a protection that acknowledges your professionalism, and there's only an upside with it. Uh, and they love that. And that's been phenomenal. Yeah. So. Well, and I, 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 I I, I I was a part of that, so I I, I love you it. Were, and, you were. and and funny thing is, you know, we've built I don't know, probably built a thousand pay plans for shops in the last you know fifteen years. Um, every time that we put these types of pay plans, th- there's an adjustment, and and the shop takes this this leap forward kind of thing. And I think you said something really important is they don't feel like they're just a tool right. to fix cars. You know, you're part of the team. You're part of the, you know, and and uh, you're gonna you're gonna sacrifice a little bit when the the, the thing's slow, but you're not gonna starve. I'm never gonna let you starve, right? We're gonna absolutely take care of your family. It, it, it's a commitment to invest in them as a person. You know, yeah. we we, doing, doing, we say that professionally and personally helping them develop. Yeah, and then providing things, you know, like medical, uh, dental, four hundred one k. Um, you know, those things add an additional layer of like, Hey, we, ca- we actually care about you. Right. Right. I, I'm surprised even at this point that there are still shops where, you know, they don't have some of these really fundamental benefits that I feel are, they're like essential, frankly, right. uh, if you really want to hire good people and have good people be part of a, a quality team that does, you know, quality work and moves forward with the industry. One, uh, one of the, oh, go ahead. No, uh, go, ahead. Gonna say, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I always ask people what attracted them to our business. You know, you read my, you read my, my, my ad, my help wanted ad. What stood out, you know, and they always mention respect. But the other thing they, they mentioned is this little tagline we have a career, not just a job. And I think that's a huge differentiator. The, 
especially I think for younger folks, they're looking for a career. They're looking for a place to call home. They want to feel like, hey, this is where I'm going to be. Uh, and we talk about, you know, younger folks don't want to stay in one place and they move from place to place, but that's because they're searching for a home. They're searching for something that meets their needs. So that's so, something that's every, meaningful. Yes. Everyone, every, everyone yeah. has said, I saw that line, a career, not just a job, and I'm sick of having a job and I want a career. And that, and that has been the common denominator uh, that, for folks. That was the approach that we took with, with our advisor mastery program is we were creating, when, when we put it on the drawing board, we were like, well, what are we doing? Right. We're creating career-oriented advisors, not just somebody who's there to do a job, but somebody who's there to stay and live and grow with the business. Yes, yes. And I, and, I, I, and that's important to show that there's opportunity, there's room yeah. for growth, and there's I, a pathway to that, right? With with an industry that is so, um, with a high turnover rate, as well as like a very, you know, low opportunity to find good talent, the most important thing is to take care of the people that you do end up having and give them a career path that they can follow Absolutely. when they work with you. If you're not doing that, then... Get in a different industry because it's not yeah. going to help you out. When we sign somebody on, that's one of the things we do. Jim mentioned a dream sheet. We have a dream sheet as well. And we talk to them about short-term goals and midterm goals and long-term goals. But we also have them fill out a career path. Where do you want to be in three years of us? Where do you want to be in five years? Where do you want to be in 10 years? And they start visualizing that. And I and they often go, nobody's ever asked me these questions before. It's a little uncomfortable. But really, it it's not. It's because we care. We want to see you succeed. You know, I want to I want to know what your goals are because maybe those goals, ideally, can be met right here in Atlantic Motor Car. Maybe you don't have to be at Atlantic Motor Car and go to here and go to there. Maybe we can grow, you know, together organically. That's the goal. I think it should be the goal uh, of every business. Wouldn't it be great if if every business owner, every shop owner, figured that out and got it? Um, I think there's a, uh, when, when you talk about the younger generation, you know, yeah, they quote unquote, they move around and they don't stick to and blah, blah, blah. There's so much negative connotation to that. But one of the things that I enjoy about the younger generations is when they find something that, uh, they can be passionate about, they dig in hard yeah, and they, and they work absolutely. hard and, and they want to be a part of that. Uh, Jim, you said that you you know you 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 have air conditioning now. Your floors are epoxied, all of that stuff. When did you change your pay plans, and and what did you from where did you go, and and um, to where? Um, well, we changed our pay plan. That's uh, probably a good four or five years ago, um, and we were in a flat rate system at that point. Um, our pay plan now. Everybody has a base pay as, you know, uh, lack of better words, maybe a minimum, which is not so minimum. I would have worked for that. <laughs> Back in the day. <laughs> right. Today, what they're calling minimum, I can only dream about earning 25, 25 years ago. Um, so I, I guess we, we change that. You know, we changed that a while ago, and it's just been a pay plan that has worked for us. Um, I realize it's probably not a long-term pay plan, although it's been that long already. But um, we have to we have to adjust with the market changing and and you know people's expectations and you know kind of change with the times. I think uh, the I think the basic theory behind the plan 
fits Maslow's hierarchy needs, fits motivational, et cetera. So I think the basic theory is, is, is great, but I think there will be adjustments as the business changes and as the industry changes. Um, you know, the, and, and the, the basics behind the pay plans that we build here are we want to pay them about 60% of what they could earn in that position for showing up, for being here right, exactly. as, as a base to, so that we, we create the idea that you're not going to have to worry about paying your bills, your, you know, food on the table, et cetera. And then we want to take the other 40% and we want to give that to them based on them doing what we want them to do. And, and remember, do you remember we went and we went and did a shop evaluation and they were, the owners were, they thought that their service advisor was greedy and was taking advantage of their customers. He was selling too much. And then when we, when we dug deeper, the, uh, his perform, his performance pay, the stuff that he was getting paid for, uh, what his what his reward was focused on was the things that made him look greedy. I, I can't yeah. remember exactly what it was. But I can like, tell you exactly where where it was and who it was. I won't because you know we don't do that here. But unless they're on, and then I would go, oh, that's you. But it isn't. <laughs> um, the 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 problem was that the owners were very very pa- um, um, compassionate and maybe overly so to their customers, and yet when they built their pay plans, they built a pay plan that literally the whole reward for the employee was on selling as much as possible, as often as possible. And you can't, you can't, you know, put that carrot out there. And then when they go to grab the carrot, whip them because they did exactly what you set them up to do. That's the carrot you designed, right? That's the way you, you made it happen. Um, so I got a great, um, I want to go here. We're, we're getting close to the end. It always goes so fast. But I think a lot of shop owners are like, how do I, how would I even introduce a new pay plan to my staff? Because that's like, oh my gosh, we've been doing this. They're used to this. When you mess with people's pay plans, that's a big deal. Um, so, uh, Bruce, because you've done it recently, you know, um, how did you go about, you know, explaining to your employees that this is the a new thing that's actually better for you? So we, we had a team meeting and um, we actually did it individually one-on-one. And then we uh, we did the team meeting, talked about we're doing new plans. And then we sat down one-on-one with each person. And the important thing to share with everybody was nobody was going backwards. Right. Nobody was going to take a hit. Uh, there was, as a matter of fact, everybody was going to have an increase and it became a clear pathway uh, that it showed them how to, how to, you know, it's like kind of trying to teach somebody how to play a card game. If you don't tell them how to succeed, they don't know. So we took the time to say, here's how you succeed. These are the, the drivers. If you do this, you get this. If you do this, you get this. And it became so much more clear to them. Um, and it reinforced positive behaviors, which is what you want to do, right? You, you want to reinforce positive behaviors, things that improve the technician's life, things that improve the shop's life. Thing that improved the outcome for the for the clients. So a universal announcement saying, "Hey guys, we're going to a different pay uh, pay plan system. It's no longer going to be this all or nothing flat rate." And then we'll sit down with each of you and we'll go over it and answer any questions you need. And they loved it. They you know they loved it. So did you they, did you, you get can't any just... kickback? Did you get any 
I, I don't want I don't, to do this or I, no, I don't think anybody had any, any complaints. They had concerns because it was a little more complicated than saying you're going to make X number of dollars an hour. There were certain tiers based on achievements in terms of education and training. But once they understood that they understood, Hey, I can actually increase my own income without even having to go and ask for a raise. If I do more training, if I get these certifications, if I do this, I can actually bring my compensation level up. And just a just a random question ahead. there, Bruce. Do you do you do additional bonus based on uh, training hours? We do, we do. Yeah, it's, okay. yeah, they do. <laughs> of course, we do. That's what we want them to be. <laughs> just training. Out of curiosity, and, excited and, about and, and, training. And training, uh, training has always been mandatory. We always say that there has to be a minimum of one training day per quarter, right? Which is only which is only like eight, eight hours, hours yeah. eight hours a quarter, right? Not a lot, right? Um, we always we always go way over that. Um, and we're now bringing training in-house, which is another story, but that's part of the reason we bought the, the new, you know, the new building was to actually be doing our training right here rather than having to send people away. Which it looks can, beautiful, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate that. I can't I wait to come that. see it. The, yeah. one, one of the other things I think is really key is in one system, they kind of feel powerless. So if there aren't right. enough cars, if there are not enough hours, I ha- I ha- there's no power for me here. And in the other system, they, they look at it and go, well, I can make $4 more an hour if I just do these things. Or I can make yeah. $12 more an hour. And then I think you said something really important, Bruce, and so I want to I wanna kind of bring it back out and kind of reiterate it. We never take people backwards. You, right. When you change pay plans, you cannot. So, um, you know, if you're wondering how do I – pay that I'm already having a hard time paying what I'm paying now. You have to you have to adjust your labor rate and your profit margins in order to make that happen. And but you can't take people you take people backwards and it's it's over with. Jim, yeah, when you when you made the change in your business, how did you do it? Well it started off as a nightmare because nobody wanted their pay plan changed. God bless you. Um, nobody wanted their pay plan messed with. So what I had to do is actually put on paper and go through, you know, the, if you, I mean, the, the biggest difference in the technician's pay plan for us is your productivity, you know, from, a 15 hour stretch, a 15 hour stretch is a $9 difference. So a lot of it is based on the technician himself doing the training, which is 12 hours uh, per quarter. So it's a, it's a little higher, but not, not bad, but we do that all in-house. It's almost a guarantee. Um, so I had some scenarios, you know, if you do only 30 hours a week, if you do 40 hours a week, 45 hours a week, you'll make X, X and X. And, uh, it took a while for them to kick it in because they, they really was skeptical about losing money and it wasn't designed for them to lose money and it, 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 but they also had to put their share in. The part that they didn't like, you you talk about the 60% and the 40%. 60% is a guarantee. The 40% they earn, and they're they're accountable to a certain degree for earning that other 40%. Um, I have an open shop. If you want to work it till 7 o'clock at night, I don't enforce it. I don't encourage it. 
But if you want to finish up on a job in order to to get your hours, you know, I don't have a problem with that. I all my guys, once I trust you, you can come and go as you please. You can come in on a Saturday if you want. You got a key to my shop. I trust you. Just don't ever breach that trust. Yeah, all, uh, all my all my guys had keys, and the only caveat I had was you can't be here by yourself working on a right, car. Right. So for safety issues, you don't really <clears throat> want to be here by themselves. Yeah. But so I had a little struggle with it until I could actually, or until they were proven that they could earn more money. But you know, some of them, some of them didn't like it at all, and maybe I did a poor job presenting it. Um, but they all, and now they love it. So yeah. I, I think it was a success, but everybody is always skeptical when you're playing with their pockets. <laughs> well, and I think, I think, you know, if you haven't, um, if, if your people really, really trust you, and I'm not saying that your people don't trust you or, or didn't at that time, Jim, but I think if they really, really trust you, uh, and you're, you, you guys are doing things like dream sheets. I mean, how many shop owners sit down with their employees and go, you know, how can we help you get what you want in the next five years? You know, um, it, it, I, I'd love to I see love those. Uh, can you guys share those in the network? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to see those. And I'm sure there's some other shops there that would like to see that. Yeah, absolutely. I have sure. No that. Share it with you right now, if you'd like. Yeah. So, so we have about, we have about 10 minutes left and because we didn't start right on the hour, but, <laughs> um, uh, so, why why do you think so many so many shop owners are hanging on to that old either salary or hourly or or flat rate system and not looking forward it's, it's sorry i'm jumping it's what they know yeah it's what they're comfortable with they're, it's what it's they've comfort, been doing for 30 years change change is hard and technicians are creatures of habit uh, i'm a technician so i can say that and we all, by human nature, do what's safe, and what's safe is what we know, right? Yeah. So, yeah, what we're comfortable with. Absolutely. Th- th- there's so much. I mean, so I've, I've, I've known Bruce. I don't know how long I've known you, but it's, it's been a while. And I've known Jim for now, uh, going on ten years, probably something like that. Close. Yeah, we're up there. So how, how transition wise, making that transition from the shop owner technician to the shop owner, owner, um, you know, mentor, uh, et cetera. How, how difficult has that been? How, what was, how rewarding has that been? You know, um, let me start with, let me start with Jim and then we'll go to you, Bruce, uh, making that transition from, from technician. I'm sorry. I was, uh, you know, in the old days I ran my dream sheet. So yeah. In the old days, I ran my shop a specific way, and and over the last ten years, I've had to make some really major adjustments to not only my business but how I think about my business, how I think about my employees. How have you done that? I mean, what, how, how has that happened? Well, I think educating yourself has a lot, a lot to do with it. Whether it's a podcast through Carm or one of your gear platform. Uh, educations it, it helps you make that transition a little easier and know how to deal with that type of situation but um 
I don't know. I guess I just kind of grew into it. I, I, I wish I had a better answer for you. And no, but you started somewhere. You, you had to right? where I wanted to go and where I wanted to be and how I wanted to do it. Um, and I guess progressively, I look back over the years that it just it just got to me. I, I don't know. I really wish I had a better answer for you. That's, that. o- that's OK. You, you did. You did. All right. You're OK. Um, Bruce, Bruce, what, what about you? I mean, you know, even in this thing, 30 years, I, I, I'm yeah. a technician, you're a technician. And, and yet we've, we've made these major kind of changes in the way we think and, and what we do. Uh, how, how have you done that? What's. So I think I've gotten too old to crawl under cars anymore. So that, 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 that forced. But I, 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 yeah, I was actually under the dash of an Audi today that had a, a wiring issue, but I, I think I've always enjoyed being a, a uh, a teacher. I enjoyed being a mentor. I've always enjoyed giving back. Um, in my earlier days, perhaps I was too busy running my business uh, to really focus on giving back. Now I've kind of gotten to the point where we have it structured well, where you know I can spend an hour with a tech. I can spend a couple hours with a tech. I can spend time with somebody that maybe has a question on an uh, employee thing, whatever it may be. And I've enjoyed that. So it really comes about by structuring the business well. It comes about by taking a mindset that I'm investing in these people. They're not, as I said earlier, not just tools. These are actually people I'm investing in. And it becomes kind of a, you know, just a habit. Um, and, and it's a tremendously rewarding thing. I've had um, my shop foreman came to work for us just about just under 11 years ago. Uh, and he was basically working in another shop as a as a tire tech. Uh, now th- this guy is, you know, teaching digital scopes to my guys. We have what we call schoolhouse circles where we get a unique car in. We'll go, hey, come gather around here, check this all out. He has grown tremendously. I take personal pride in that. I saw this guy grow up. I saw him, you know, go from an apartment uh, to a mobile home to owning his own house to having getting married and having a family and being a scout leader and giving back to his community. And that's tremendously rewarding. I mean, that's more rewarding to me right now than anything I can get financially. Yeah. Far yeah. more rewarding. But but I think and, other I think shop owners will say, but you invest in these people and then they leave you and they take all of that away from you. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean So what's a great what's the great Richard Branson quote, you know, uh, about investing in your people? You you invest in your your people so they can leave, but you treat them so well they don't want to leave, right? There's nothing worse than having low-skilled people that you have not invested in, that you're struggling with, that they're struggling with, that they're unhappy. The more I can train that person to be autonomous, to be high-functioning, to train them to take a systems approach to diagnostic and service, not just changing parts, but understanding systems, that person becomes so valuable to our culture. We want to keep them. They don't want to leave. you know. And you acknowledge them and you reward them and you grant them respect and you you now let them start to teach and mentor other people. They want that. But most, most people love helping other people. Um, and that keeps them in your culture. And that's a culture that you're building. So why would you, why would you leave that? Where, are you else, where else are you going to find that uh, in, in, but, our, in our profession? But I think that you also have to understand that sometimes it's the right thing for them to do to leave. They, I, 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 they've come to a point where I've given them what I can give them and they need to go out. I terminated two really good employees that I worked with for a long time that I really liked because they got, mm-hmm. they got stuck. They, they needed to go do something else. 
to fulfill their lives. And both of them uh, today, they, they love me. They were like, ah, it was tough when you let me go, but it was I the mean, right if, thing. If, you know, if you're, if you're a technician and you want to go on to be a shop owner, uh, first of all, I'd counsel you against that. But if you want to do that, <laughs> I'd be the first one to say, listen, let's go do that. Let me back you financially. Let me help you be, let me coach you. Let me tell you how to, let me help you grow your business. You, there's no reason you, uh, you really have to per se, let them go. Right. I mean, you, right. you can continue to be part of, of their, of their dream. Right. I mean, well, that, we have, not- we, we have a lot of shop owners that are buying their fourth, fifth, sixth shop and they're, they're making that person, uh, in, in essence, uh, uh, this is yours and, and Absolutely. you, and you get, I mean, I get some of the benefit, but you get the large benefit from this and I'm helping yes. you. So there, there's a lot of ways we we're, yeah. we're towards the end. I got to ask one, the one last question. I'm going to ask all three of you. Uh, we'll start with Kent. We'll go to Jim and, and then we'll end up with Bruce. Um, what piece of advice for someone that's listening to this and, and saying, man, I, I want to know, or I want to make changes in my business, I want to create these kind of pay plans that really motivate and, 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 and excite my, my people. What piece of advice would you have? I'll start with Kent. You're first. Well, there was a lot. I yeah. took a, I took a lot of notes. Um, but the one that we didn't really get into, but I wanted to mention that if you're, if you're creating a plan that affects somebody's pay based on certain key metrics, Make sure that the person has direct control over those metrics. Never if, put a, any kind of a bonus or pay in play that they have no control over. That they have That's no control over, right? Yeah. If it's a, if it's a technician and it's a specific you know item that only the service advisor has control over, and you're basing the tech's pay off of that, don't do that because then they yeah. can't win and they don't want to play a game they can't win. You have to make it so they can succeed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. 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 Thank you, Ken. Uh, Jim. Um, you're talking about the final thoughts here, or no? Yeah, kind of like what? What's right. your, what's your advice? What would you tell the other shop owners? What are your final thoughts, buddy? All right. Well, I think the the most important thing you can do as a shop owner is learn your numbers. I think if you don't know your numbers, you can't pay your people properly. You can't train properly. I think it, you know that is the most. If you're a shop owner, that's bashful to ask questions about. Um, your numbers, I think it's a very important factor that you need to learn because when you have the numbers there, then you can react quickly. You can change course if you need to by understanding your numbers, the rest will fall into place. Pay your people well and build a great uh, culture and a culture that people want to work at. And uh don't be afraid to run a good business. It's a three-way win. You know, the, the employee, the company, and the client. All three must win. And if they all win, that's when the magic happens. Yep. So, But my number one thing, and I've said it before, I'll say it again, my life changed once I learned how to analyze the numbers. Period. And, I, and understand your business. That and that I, way I know how I what I can pay and what I can do. And exactly. how, do I, how do I create? that so i can pay those people if i'm not where i need to be how do i get there uh, we have a great a numbers class afraid a what lot of shoppers are afraid because they don't understand their numbers you know I, and I, and it's very important i think they feel stuck like there's just no way to really make a living in this business and so i have a crappy job that i'm just going to have the rest of my life cuz i can't do anything else but it, the truth is so far from that i mean 
I look at you guys, you're very successful. You have great businesses. You, you make all the money you want to make. You have a very fulfilled life. Uh, you, you do other things. Um, you know, I, I, I did want to mention though, we have a great numbers class. Um, everything, I think it's everything you need to know about the numbers, uh, on our gear for shops, uh, two hour class. It's, it's easy to take, but it, it really has all the real fundamentals there. Um, Bruce, you get to end it up. Uh, uh, what's your thoughts for these people? Excuse me, Cecil. One more thing. Sorry, Bruce. Is I think it, as a shop owner too, if you if you don't invest in a coach, I think that's a big mistake. I've learned so much from you guys, and and be part of a shop owners group where you have the support from other shop owners that are not there to make fun of you. They're not there to to they. Everybody is. At different levels, but I don't think anybody's trying to push the next guy down. And there's plenty of support out there to help shop owners achieve their goals. It is it is kind of funny. We we had a meeting with a uh, with a new guy in one of our financial meetings recently, and his labor rate was probably twenty four twenty five dollars lower than everybody else's in the group. And and uh, when it came to labor rates, he was like, "I've already raised my labor rate. Don't don't look at that." <laughs> You know, it's kind of like everybody's kind of lifting you up and trying to, you know, help you where however they can. So that great advice, Jim. Greatly appreciate that. All right. Now, Bruce, take her away, baby. For me, it's invest in other people. Invest in your team, invest in your clients, uh, and then make what you do every day for yourself, for your clients, and for your team members fun. Make it enjoyable. Make it meaningful. Uh, if you have that, you've got a great culture. The rest of that stuff will fall into place. It's just... It's very simple. Invest and be sincere, be authentic, uh, and make it a fun place to be. And, and you you will thrive. You will do very, very well. Thank you guys so much for your time today and for your knowledge and, and for your friendship over the years. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. See you. A lot of fun, guys. That's it for this one. This episode was brought to you by GearForShops.com and The Institute. To find more episodes or for more information about the services we provide, visit iForAbe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in the next one.